voice in English. <laughs> okay, um, today I'm going to share about understanding God's grace and obedience to proclaim His grace. Uh, and very fast, I would uh, would like to learn. We learn from Jonah, and like I I divide Jonah's book with two ep- episodes. So like Jonah's life, we will uh, learn about the first episode. First episode is I will start by God's calls to Jonah. Jonah and God in the Jonah first uh, chapter one verse two say that God called Jonah and said, "Go to the great city of Nineveh." And preach against it because it with their goodness has come up before me. And Jonah's response, disobedient, ran away. Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for the port. Jonah's response to God's calling is disobedient. He doesn't care even when something happened to the sea, to the, the ship. He doesn't care what hap- will happen to the people in the ship. Because God sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the sea. But what happened with Jonah? But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. He is very, very brave prophet. He I went the, the the ship. I will cry to God. I think everyone like called to their own God. But what Jonah did, he go and sleep and really uh, fell into a deep sleep. And when people like so afraid, all the people in the ship so afraid, and the captain come and ask Jonah, "How can you sleep? Get up and call on your own God. Maybe He will take notice of us so that we will not perish." Actually, Jonah should repent as he know that there is something happened to them. But Jonah preferred to die than to... So I think Jonah is very unique. He's not afraid of the death. And uh, let's see if this, the, the conversation between Jonah and the sailors. The sailors asked Jonah, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? Jonah, what Jonah say? I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. And what have you done? The sailor says. What should we do to make the sea calm down for us? And what Jonah say? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, and it will become calm. I know that this is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. So Jonah, when the, like, like the, the, the ship almost sink, Jonah fell asleep. And when they find out, oh, because of you, because they catch lots, and they find out because of Jonah, and Jonah said, yeah, throw me to the sea. Pick me up and throw me to the sea. So Jonah, um, like, uh, don't afraid of death. So consider this one. The people in the ship fear God and worship God as they see miracle after they throw Jonah into the sea. So for me, this is like a very, very uh, unique condition because in the presence of disobedience prophet, there is still miracle happen and people repent. And after that, well, because they throw Jonah into the sea and God become like the punishment for Jonah. So God punished Jonah because of his disobedience 
and swallowed by big fish, and he survived in the, day, in the belly of the fish for three days. Jonah expect maybe he just died, but he, he didn't die. He survived in the belly of the fish for three days. And this is, let's see what Jonah's response to God's punishment. In the chapter 2, Jonah acknowledged the presence of God. And then he said, he answered me. He listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths. Your waves and breakers swept over me. So he just acknowledged God's presence, even though he, he's disobedient. He's he disobeyed God's calling. But he still acknowledged God's presence, even though God punished him. And he prayed to God. He said, my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. And he cried for help. He said, but you, Lord, my God, brought my life up from the pit. And then he made new commitment. In the, he said, but I, with sound of graceful, grateful praise, I will sacrifice to you. What I have for, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. So Jonah ran away from the calling to preach to the neighbor, but he, he believed that salvation comes from the Lord. And what God responds is Jonah repent and pray, ask for help, ask for forgiveness from God. And the Jonah's, God's response to him is like, and the Lord commanded the feast and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. This is the first episode. So Jonah ran away and disobeyed God to go to Nineveh to preach. But when God punished him, he also cried for help. And then he said in the last verse, uh, first in chapter 2, that salvation come from God. He knows that salvation come from God, but he doesn't want to go to Nineveh to preach to the Ninevites. And then let's see to the second episode. Second episode, God says, go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim, proclaim to it the message I give you. And Jonah's response, Jonah obeyed the word of God and went to Nineveh. Jonah began, began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. And there is an expected response from the Ninevites. The king, the people all repent. And the fast, even the animal. So I think the Jonah didn't expect this, the response of Ninevites. And what God's response? God's response to the repentance of Ninevites is when God saw, in uh, chapter 3, verse 10, when God saw that they did not, and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them destruction he has threatened. And what Jonah's response? So even God, he is the God who sent Jonah. When God see how the Ninevites repent, the king, the people, even the animal fasting, like, like soften God's heart, and he cancel his plan to punish, to destroy the Ninevites. But Jonah respond in a the, in the, in the different way. Chapter 4, verse 2 says that Jonah angers to God, at God's compassion. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I know that you are gracious, you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, 
a God who relents from sending calamity. So when Jonah in the belly of the fish, he said, God, salvation come from you. He, has, he asked forgiveness for God. And also here, when he got angry, because he see that the God he canceled his plan to destroy the Nineveh, he, say, he still says that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Jonah now knew his calling as a prophet, and he knew who is God. As God called him to go to Nineveh to preach, Jonah knew these few things. First, the reason why God called Jonah to, is to give the opportunity for the Ninevites to hear God's word. God loves Ninevites, and therefore he called Jonah. And there is the possibility, there is a possibility of rejection of God's word. So if the Ninevites reject the, the, the God's word, and it will be followed by punishment. But there is also a, the possibility of acceptance of God's word, and the, the Ninevites repents. And if they repent, it will be followed by forgiveness for the Ninevites. Jonah angry. So, so he Jonah angry to God. Jonah angry. Why God so compassion, so grace to the Ninevites? And after that, what happened? Jonah want to die. Chapter 4, 3 to 4, uh, 4 say that, Lord, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. And God asked him, is it right for you to get angry? So I think this is, your Jonah is very unique. A, a guy, yeah, very unique, a prophet. For us, we try our best to be healthy and to alive. But Jonah always wants to die. <laughs> so funny. Uh, the, the ship almost like sink and he go and sleep. And people say, oh, because of you. They say, yeah, throw me to the, the sea. And when God saw, so for Jonah, it's better for him to die than to see God so compassion and grace to the Ninevites. So I just uh, confess why God chose Jonah to become prophet. Because this guy don't understand God's heart and don't want to obey, but God still used him. And the third one is Jonah still, even God canceled his plan to destroy Nineveh, but Jonah still waiting and hoping that God will punish Nineveh. Verse 5, chapter 4, verse 5, Jonah had gone out and sat down at the place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat, sat in its head and waited to see what would happen to the city. So he still not God doing something. Maybe I guess that Jonah intercede. God, you are wrong. You are wrong. Do something. Do something. And he expected that suddenly the fire come from heaven and destroy the whole country. But, and then like, I, I don't know how many days Jonah sit there. Because like, he doesn't care to eat maybe. He sees there even rain and hot under the heat of the sun. He doesn't care. Like he still sits down and waiting. Something happened, but nothing happened. And suddenly, like, the sun is so hot, and God allowed the plant to grow. God allowed the plant to grow so she, he can hide. And after that, God sent warm to eat up the plant. And what happened with Jonah? He said, it would be better for me to die than to live. Is it right for you to be angry about the plan? I'm so angry, I wish I would die. If I got, I would just kill him. But no. Because he keep asking die. This is uh, 
um, maybe he has the tendency to commit suicide. Yeah. And God responds to Jonah. I like these verses. Chapter 4, verse 10 to 11. But the Lord said, You have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell the right hand from left, and also animals. So God say, you get angry of this plan, but how about me? How we not concerned of the Nineveh because there are 120,000 people the conclusion of the learning from Jonah's life is, first, Jonah was a prophet with a specific calling to the people of Nineveh, but he ran away to Joppa. He's calling to go and preach the sermon, but he don't want to speak. Jonah is a believer. He's a believer. He said that, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land, but he does not fear God. Run away from God. And I don't know whether Jonah is repent. Because you read the chapter 4, there is no verse that say that finally Jonah kneeled down and repent. And he prayed for forgiveness in the chapter 2. He prayed for forgiveness. He said that salvation comes from God. But he cannot accept the fact that God forgive the Nineveh. Jonah knew God's nature. He is gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love. God who relents from sending calamity. But Jonah get angry as God showed his mercy to the people of Nineveh. And the fifth one, Jonah experienced God's grace, but he got angry when God did not do the same to the people of Nineveh. So like uh, Jonah is like, actually Jonah is just same like the Nineveh. He's a sinner. He's disobedient. And God punished him. When God punished him, he asked ask for forgiveness, he asked for God's mercy, and he said, God, salvation come from you. So Jonah like, want to enjoy God's grace by himself, but like, if God saw the God, his grace to the Nineveh, and then Jonah is got angry. And sometimes in our life, we, we enjoy God's grace, we enjoy God's blessing, but sometimes we disobey God by not allowing God to use us to proclaim his grace to other people. Sometimes we just say maybe, um, we live in Indonesia and then uh, the Christianity getting difficult and difficult now. And uh, you know, if you see the, the news, you know what happening. And sometimes I just think, because I am I'm sometimes a big Jonah, like Jonah. Sometimes I just think, is, is there any weapon Maybe like some sand from the sky and like some spray to the, the one place on one area and suddenly everyone just died. So no need to send a bomb or like rudal. No need. Because like some people we think that they are not deserved for God's grace. They are too cruel. They are not deserved. To experience God's presence, God's grace, because they are too cruel. They are deserve God's punishment. But God loves his people. Therefore, he sent his only son. 
So I'm going to close like we learning about this one. This is actually my personal reflection about how to continue obey God to show mercy to his people, even some people not deserve to receive his grace. So this testimony in Batam. God grace in IBC and the obedience of his servant ours. We are his servant. This is the reflection after 12 years of ministry. I can say like what Sakarai said that not by might, not by not by power, but by my spirit. Lord, give us the people. Lord, give us the people like what God described to Jonah. There are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell the right hand from left. We not only preach, serve the people spiritually. We not only concentrate to prepare the ministry, weekend ministry, but we also involve in so many areas in, the, in their life. With five loaves and of bread and two fish in 205, we have done many programs to meet the need of his people holistically. And we have had exciting and sad story. And there is always a temptation whether to keep continue to serve his people faithfully or give up. I want to say the exciting story, just just um, uh, briefly. Estate IBC is the Bible college, and now we have about almost um, 70 students come from about 13 provinces from Indonesia. So we have some here from Papua, some from Kalimantan, and we are so excited to send them back. And we also run soccer club. Joshua Soccer Club is reached out the teenagers' voice, and now the, the members about 40, and most of them unbelievers. And we have support education of the children, about 700 children. We have run kindergarten. In Batam, two kindergarten, Karimon, one kindergarten, Pekambaru, one kindergarten, and we just start in Sorong, Papua. Feeding program. We feed more than 1,000 children now, not only in Batam, but in Lobam, Tanjung Pinang, Karimon, even we support the feeding program in um, East Kalimantan now. And we have food distribution to the, uh, the Muslim orphanage in Batam. We give them about 50 kg of rice monthly. We also have started seven churches that we really, we really oversee and mentor the pastor until now and two churches in Batam. Let me show the map of Indonesia. I hope that the dot is not changed. Okay. So we are here. You know the red dot, uh, Singapore there, but we don't see the real island there. So I just put the dot next to the Singapore because we are neighbor. So we are in, in Bintan, uh, the next, the please, uh, yeah, yeah. There are, we have four churches in Lobam, Tanjung Pinang, Karimon, and Batam. Yeah. And then we also have church in Pakambaru. They not only start the church, but also they start to start uh, kindergarten. They have start kindergarten. And we have in Jakarta, and Yogyakarta is under Kirk Channel International. And we also have a graduate student in, uh, next to Samarinda, uh, East, Kal uh, East Kalimantan. There is one place, uh, the name is the place is Sangata, East Kalimantan. And we have student in South Sulawesi, and uh, the Daniel is there now, and Grace is the girlfriend of Daniel. And we also have one lecturer, full-time lecturer in Sorong. He come to Batam once or twice a year to teach, but, and, but he start the church door, and also he just start the kindergarten in Papua. And this is the picture. This is the picture we have. Okay, this is the combined retreat with the IBC and church planters. 
uh, we do it once a year. And the next picture is, this is the full-time staff of Batam and some couple, the just plenty, just planters that come with the family. So we are really growing. So now if uh, this is my family, I have grand-grandchildren already. And, and some of the kids of the just planter call me grandma. So, yeah, and the next picture is, uh, this is our latest picture when we have with the old student in Batam now. So last time when we just moved to the new building, oh, the building is too big for us. Now it's too small for us. So we actually, every day I pray, God, please let the neighbor move out, especially the warehouse. Move them out and then get, send us money to buy the three unit of warehouse and we can make the very high wall and we can plant some plant, uh, plant there because like, there is no plant. Yeah. So this is the exciting story. But we also have set a challenging story and always tempt us, do we continue to show his grace and let God use us? We just like, like Jonah. It's better for me to die. <laughs> yeah. So education support, we have a few cases. We take picture of the kids because we need to update. We send the latest picture once a year to the sponsor. And some rumors say, Ibu Sarah, take, take our picture of our kids because he's, he's going to sell. And sometimes I say, do you think that your kid is so handsome and that someone wanted to buy? Even now, the very uh, handsome and beautiful actress you can download for free. Do you think anyone want to buy the picture of your kids? So they accuse us. And recently, also Eva must stop the education of few kids because the parents not cooperate. And there is the rumor say, Ibu Eva took the money, corruption. So it's really like it hurt us. And we also have this uh, story about the community center in Mokakuning. We show you the picture. Yeah. This is one of the community centers in Mokakuning. One day on July 8th, when I wake up in the morning, I got a SM- uh, WhatsApp message. Happy birthday, Pastor Sarah, because 8th July is my birthday. After that, I received the picture for myself. I said, God. Why this happened on my birthday? And this is the, our center in Muka Kuning burn because of the fire from the neighbor. All gone. And we were all so sad because we have used this place for the tuition, for the feeding program, for the cell group meeting. And God, I said, God, what's our fault? This is for the good. But why, oh Lord, the fire come and eat up all the building? But it's actually not all up, but some, some inside. But Marika, actually, I say, God, are we going to stop the uh, this, uh, feeding program and all program in Mukakuning? This will affect two kids, two uh, uh, kids in few areas, Mukakuning and Kampung Aceh. So I say, maybe we need to stop. But Marika happened, and then we have one guy in, from Singapore, and he talked to his boss and his company, donated about $3,000, and we renovate, like, make up like, again. Nicer. So, it's really nicer. Yeah, so everything new, and I think, oh, maybe this is God's way for us to change, yeah, <laughs> to buy the new stuff, and then, yeah, and so we continue again, yeah, continue again. Uh, the next picture I'm going to show you is, um, the next picture uh, this is our Sunday skates boys. Um, umurnya berapa? Eight years old. 
So this is eight years boy, and uh, he. See, I think the doctor said that he had kidney, and he, they went for surgery. And you know the surgery open up like this, and they put something inside. You see, like the. So my staff, I, we told, I told my staff, go and visit. Uh, so he also collect some amount of money among the staff and the church also give. But, and then he has, he, he has been in the hospital for one month and the doctor say, maybe you don't need, need to go for another surgery. And so sometimes when my staff send this picture, I just delete. I cannot uh, take, to, uh, really, I cannot take a seat. Like, it's, like so, and then this is a small boy. And one day, they say that um, the doctor can, cannot do anything. And one day, I, when I was, before I go to office, I drink coffee. I just cry and cry. I just think this is boy is so small. And they suffer because of the doctor. I did more practice. And the doctor say, maybe you need to move to another hospital. So I told Pastor Naomi, let's go before we go to the office. But my staff keep going uh, uh, check and update what happened. But we cannot do much. So when we arrived at the hospital, the mother, the mother said, maybe we move to another hospital tomorrow. I said, no. Even they drag you out from this hospital, no. The doctor is responsible because this is, you have been here for one month. And say the doctor, no doctor come, no nurse come. And what to do? Uh, so I said, Ibu, you need to talk. I cannot talk. I can, if I'm not a pastor, I can just go and get angry to the doctor at this hospital. But I, I cannot do that because they, if they know I'm pastor, they will attack the church. So sometimes being a pastor is not good because you cannot get angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, and after that, um, finally, they said they must send to Medan. But must send to Medan and then the, the, the parents must pay the about $2,000 because must, with the nurse must go together and then the parents must go. And I say, finally, we call our church uh, uh, member, and the church member have the brother, the lawyer, and they all go to the hospital. My staff also go to the hospital and talk to the manager. And finally, if you don't do anything, if you don't pay the effort to Medan, we report you to the police. And after that, the hospital take action. And now he brought him to Medan and see uh, there, and he is right now. So these people die. And then, like, like even you can like smell the stinky because of like something happened in the wound, but they still like waiting. There's nothing to do. So even we need to them, you need to do one step, one step, two, step, three. So sometimes I go and say, God, why you you give me this congregation? Just like they don't know what to to uh, like, like the people in never. Like, you, we not just, if I'm a pastor, you just preach the gospel, um, preach the summer on Sunday, they go back and just pray, visit them. Even like this one, we need also to help them. So we are surrounded by the people who really in need. They need help. So just one day after I visit, we pass in, and then we call, call, call. I said, do it now, because if you do it now, this boy will die. And finally, we need to ask the Lord to come to the hospital and then Tell the, the, the director of the hospital, if you do not do anything, if you don't pay the effort to Medan, we are going to report you to the police, or we ask the journalists to come, the television to come, to record. And finally, they take action. So, need, the, the, even like this case, the parents just sit down there and don't do anything. 
So this really need, need God grace. And sometimes, honestly, we ask God, why God you give us these people? And something like too much for us. But again, we need to obey God. Because God loves his people. And God wants to use us to show his grace to his people. I want to read this passage from uh, what Paul said in Acts 20:24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying the good news of God's grace. And the last one is Romans 1, verse 16 to 17. For I'm not ashamed of God, of gospel, because it is the power of God to bring salvation. So God, the gospel, God's word is the power of God to bring salvation. And we just need to obey we, if we have experienced God's grace in our life, we need also to be willing to let the people, our neighbor, to experience the same grace, even though they are not deserved for this grace. So I would like to close the sermon by inviting the team to sing one more song. And after that, I will invite pastor to pray.
Why don't we rise as we close in prayer? And let's pray that the Lord will move our hearts that in this week we will perform an act of grace. That which we have received, we go out, we bless others and also an act of obedience. Don't be like a Jonah. What we hear, what we read from the Word of God, we put into practice, we obey no matter what. Just for this week, and let's see if the blessing of God will fill our hearts as we just align ourselves to God's way. So let's pray. Father God, we give you thanks for blessing us with the fellowship that we are able to enjoy over so many years now more than 10 years with uh, IBC. And each time they come, they bring blessing. They bring stories of your work, stories of your grace that has blessed our hearts. But Lord, would you now gird us to be your disciples, obedient disciples, nothing like Jonah. God, that when we hear, we will obey. Even when we see a people like the Ninevites, cruel people, needing the gospel, we will be the ones to offer that act of grace. So Lord, we pray now for our brothers and sisters in Batam. Lord, it is, not, uh, it is a difficult environment that they are in, and we want to pray, Lord, that uh, all because of you, this work will thrive, this work will bring many students into IBC, we'll see them train, we'll see their faith uplifted, and as they return to various parts of Indonesia, this is our five loaves and two fish, and you can do wonders with even a small Bible school like this. But thank you that it was even smaller before, but now it has grown by the grace of God and by the contributions of your people Lord, would this be a shining light in the land of Indonesia and beyond. And let it also shine in our hearts. Let encouragement come to our hearts this morning as we see your work being done your way in Batam and Indonesia. So Lord, bless Pastor Sarah and all her staff and all the students here. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.